The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Top 10 lists are the worst. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I'm Mike Stevens of Yahoo Sports. We didn't mention that off the top of the show last time where I work, but I'm Mike Stevens of Yahoo Sports and sitting right across from me is the ever-talented Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm a little bit tired, mm-hmm. and by a little bit tired, you forced me to have a nap before yep. coming. Um, but you know what? I'm really fired up about today because we've been really excited to kind of do this podcast this week just because of all of the things that are happening. There's been so much. So much has happened. It's been crazy. It's been great. Yes, this week has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely nothing going on in the outside world right now. No, everything is hockey related right now. There's no you know, big decisions being made. There's no crimes being committed. Everything is just totally normal. And we are doing a totally normal podcast today. Right. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely. Um, so let's jump into the news because there, uh, you know, unless you want to talk about your week, you know, how things have been for you personally, what, what, what's been going on, what are your hopes and dreams? Hit me. My hopes and dreams have been, well, I don't know. I am mildly optimistic about my life right now. That's great. How about you? What are, what are your hopes and dreams? <sighs> I just would really like The Bachelorette to come back. Mm, yeah. Well, it's coming on Thursday. Yes, because yeah. nothing happened on Tuesday. No, because nothing happened on, no, on Monday. No, we will or not be discussing that. Exactly. Um, I'm feeling great. Like life is life is good, man. It's the off season, so it's pretty slow for me. So I get to sleep. I get to relax. I, you know, get to play a lot of MLB The Show. I'm the GM of the Detroit Tigers, and I'm just great at it. So it's is it possible to be too good of a GM? I think that's my problem right now. So I feel like maybe we need to call up the MLB and get you hired. I think yeah, immediately anyone can do a better job than what's going on there. So. Yeah, I mean, a big through line in the world today is giant organizations run by old white dudes <laughs> being totally incompetent. And they'll be as one What? Of them. There's no evidence of that. I also, anyway. Uh, you know, my life is going really well when I'm doing well in fantasy football, too. And I'm 6-2, and two, and I have been, court, I, have be, I am the 2013 Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Oh, that's it good. is. I want to. I want to. I, I want to bring this up because it has something to. It, like it has to do with that. My, like I am. I am Randy Carlisle in my league. I, I. I am getting outshot like crazy. But my luck is great because the last couple. So I'm six and two. I'm third place. But the last couple weeks, I have played the three worst teams. All of them with all of them, which have the have the name tank in their names or the word tank in their names. Incredible. So this is like my league is normal, right? Like it's it's like 0.5 PPR. Like you'll get that if you if you don't know that. Like usually the average score in in our league is at least triple digits. Like I'm projected each week for like 120 points or something. Okay, I, I don't know. What, li- I don't play fantasy okay. for everyone it's, who, it's no, who doesn't important. know. You, they'll get it. The fantasy heads, they'll get it. I promise I won't spend too much time on this. But I am the 2013 Leafs because. In no, in no world should I be winning, and yet here I am. So you're a house of cards. Yes, exactly. Um, so keep in mind, I said the average, like a bad week for most people in this league is like triple digits. I won last week 87.72 to 71.26. <laughs> uh, and then the week before, 
Um, I, my opponent scored less than 50 points. So is that bad? Uh, that's very bad because the average score is hundred triple or over. triple digits. And yeah, and then the, and then the week before that, my opponent scored seventy eight point five points. So I am riding, I'm riding high. It, my, I'm never gonna die. But are you cheating? No. Are there mail in points? <laughs> mail in points. Yes. So the, usually the the like a winner is declared after the Monday night game. So on Tuesday morning. Okay. But we are still counting the Monday night points. Okay. Like a uh, a uh, 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 and that's legal. As long as the points happen, they're legal. Amari Cooper, his receptions, they're still they're still coming in. Okay. Right now. So we're we're figuring that out. Um, okay. But yeah, life is good on that front. Wanna hop into the news? Yeah, you know, you know who is having a good week? Who's having a good week? The people in Michigan, Steve Eiserman specifically. Oh yeah. Anthony Mantha. Mm-hmm. Four years? Oh, yes. Five point seven mil? You're right. Seems good. That's that's good. I mean, Seems I, good. I wanted to get your opinion on that because the world has kind of ignored the Detroit Red, Red Wings for the last couple of years because they've been so bad. We used to pay like a very keen eye on them, but now they're terrible and they were, you know, legendarily terrible last year that I think a lot of people have maybe not, not paid attention. And Anthony Mantha, aside from getting was it him who got no it was dylan larkin who got destroyed by uh jake muzzin right uh, yes okay yeah so anthony mantha like fought someone for that didn't he yes Lark- and he broke his hand i think yes so other than that i haven't really noticed anthony mantha too much but he's got like last year he had 38 points in 43 games mm-hmm. objectively good that is objectively objectively good. worth more than 5.7 million dollars a year especially on that team that is tidy business again from Steve Eiserman, this is a recording. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm just gonna, as a bad host, I'm gonna hop right into trending up and down because trending up is the use of the term tidy business. That's my favorite catchphrase now for the off season because so many GMs have been making some really tidy business. What do we think about the Ryan Pollock deal? I tidy think, business? No, I think it's pretty messy business. And the reason why is because in my, okay, so Ryan Pollock, two years, 10 million so five oh i think that's good so that no no no, that's good but it's only two years he bought no you so lou lamarillo bought no ufa years and it gives them like three million dollars to sign barzell exactly objectively will not happen exactly so they've and they've already shipped off devin taves right so you would think that you would you would want like one win and instead you got no value you got you 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 bought no ufa ufa years for now who's the who's someone who's probably your best defenseman now around that yes so uh not that's GM of the year, Lou Lamorello, to you. Okay, well, it's Joe Sackick. But listen, no, it's we Lou Lamorello. Well, let's not pretend that the croonies that pick the GM of the year are the who most, are them? I'm ninety nine. Who are them? Who are they? <laughs> who are them? <laughs> who are them? <laughs> um, I I think it's the other GMs. Okay. So that Can is you vote for yourself. Is it like the presidential no. race? Can you vote for yourself? Oh, God. I don't know. I would love... I would absolutely I'm actually love. pretty sure it's the GMs because I feel like Ray Shiro asked me about this when I was in New Jersey. Mm. Um, yeah, the Islanders are going to have to do some things because Matt Barzell is still unsigned. Yeah. I feel like he's probably an important player on their team. That's, that's up for debate. Like, maybe... Tough for debate. Who's to say? Who's, Who's to who say? Who knows? Whom can possibly say? So, 
I don't know. I think Ryan Pollock is good value. Like, the contract is good value. I would have loved to have seen the Islanders be able to get uh, a bit of a longer deal there. I mean, yeah. You um, would hope so. It is backloaded, so I think it's like three-something in the first year and six-something in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not surprising, given the fact that um, we're still in a pandemic, did you know? I'm not aware. No. Okay. I'm going out. I'm licking every street pole. <laughs> I am, Ew. you know... I'm just blasting the homies with particles right, right now. and hosting parties. Yes, in this very spacious in my, in my palatial <laughs> condo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Trending upwards. Yes. The use of creative third jerseys. Creative in in quotation. The marks. Dallas she goes. <laughs> okay. The Dallas Monster Energy cans. <laughs> Dallas, yeah, it's like if Shigo was drinking Monster. If anyone who doesn't know who it's Shigo Kim is, possible, it's Kim right? Possible. Yeah. Educate yourselves. Yeah, my crush. All, all my, all, all she my was childhood so years. He was, he was great. I, I love Unstoppable. Although I will say, I absolutely despise the people who are our age that have the Kim Possible as their text tone still. Oh, it'd be incredible. Like. Why, why, is, why do you despise them? Because it goes off. These are the same... I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. These are the same white girls that get 76 texts in the group chat per minute. Ooh, yeah, so yeah. all you're hearing is... Doo, 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 well, doo. that's because they're flexing. Because, like, A, they're like, check out, check out my cool ringtone. I'm awesome. And two, it's like, look how popular I am. When really, like, group, group, group chat texts don't count. I have every group chat I'm in muted. Yeah. Because I, it's annoying. Like you, you, group chat texts don't count because they aren't directed to you. They're just like yells into the ether. Like if I, <laughs> in the ether. like I, I have, like I have the, I'm in the Dangle Navy group chat, which is great. It's you know my favorite place to be. But like if I had my phone on loud, you know, even during this podcast, like it, that's all you'd be hearing is it being blown up right now. Okay, so what do we actually think of the Dallas jersey? Because then there's it's the terrible. Vegas jerseys. The, da- the Dallas jersey is the worst jersey. I, I think it's the worst jersey I've ever seen. That I am a fan of teams stepping outside of the usual comfort zone. But not I like this. I want to see that. For the love of God, I, not like this. If, if Dallas would have gone with a black jersey and maybe not that green, like if they would have gone with a different green but they would have kept the black concept. I think that would have been awesome. I'm all for, as someone who is a devout soccer watcher, mm. and if Bayern Munich could get it together, I would really appreciate it. Um, I really like it when they have different jerseys. Juventus has an orange camo jersey this year. It's super cool. Um, and that's risky. Camo's risky on a jersey. Right. Usually and it looks so like I, crap. In hockey, there's like zero creativity. Yeah. Everybody wears a white jersey. Everyone's got a dark jersey. So I like that Dallas and Vegas stepped out and said, you know what? We're going to do something different. I just thought that it could have been done a little bit better. But I applaud Dallas for actually stepping outside of the box because I think we need more of that. Not like this, though. Okay, but what about Vegas? <laughs> I, you know, I kind of like it. Like, at least... Look, it's it's a lot easier... Like, they're Golden Knights. Like, they're the Golden Knights, so it should be... Like, go go ham on the gold. Like, buy, like Yeah, go, like, I think it's pretty in. cool. I, I like it. But the Dallas Stars jerseys... Like, this... this the MLB a while ago, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was like 99 or something, that, or 2002, a random year. But a, a year that was just horrible for fashion. Like the, the late 90s, early 2000s. It was awful. Terrible. Um, they did turn back the clock night 
or turn, yes, turn forward the clock night, something like that. They something turn, silly. They were turning a clock in some context, and it was essentially like futuristic jerseys, like what you would think jer- like MLB jerseys would be like in the year like 2030, and they're all horrible. Like, go, like literally go, 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 just Google it right now. Like, they're, they're all terrible. That is what the Dallas Stars jerseys look like. They look like a jersey that would be, because everyone was going in on black at that time period. No. Thought, exactly. Oh my God, those are terrible! Exactly, that's what the Dallas Stars jersey looks like. No, it's it's turn ahead the turn clock ahead, promotion. Turn ahead the clock. That that's first of all does not make grammatical sense. No, it doesn't. Now is a great opportunity to say daylight savings time is stupid. Yes, although I'm not gonna lie, when I was up at like 2 a.m. and then my and then it, I was like, oh crap, I'm gonna be it's I'm gonna be up at 3 a.m. and the clock just never went to 3 a.m. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a degenerate. So I did a Harry Potter marathon. Uh, up north this weekend mm-hmm. and that extra an hour was solid because it was an hour more of Halloween candy. We watched all eight Harry Potter movies in 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, it was in 28 hours because we got like sleep in there. Yeah. Ate two full boxes of candy. I will not feel shame. Um, I'm not shaming you. And I cuddled with dogs. That sounds so, amazing. But like, honestly... I like the Vegas ones. And again, Vegas has done a bunch of things that are super creative. Mm-hmm. Um, the gold jersey. I can understand why people don't love the sparkles. I don't love the sparkles. Sparkles are rough. But the concept of we're the Vegas Golden Knights and we have a gold jersey is pretty awesome. And you know what? Like when I also I think they should have gone gold helmets. That's my Oh only. my God. Yes. Like the lead, like ev- that means every every player on the Vegas Na- Golden Knights uh, roster would be the leading scorer in the SHL because that's what they do is they give you a golden helmet to wear, which is awesome, which is incredible, and the NHL should do that. But I, like, yeah, they're, they're the Golden Knights, and I, as much as I really did, I really like the Golden Knights jerseys, like their because it's their third jersey. I like their main jerseys, but this is like, all right, we know who we are, we're confident. Like, wh- like who are the Dallas Stars? Why can't we have more teams? step out with the third jerseys like i like when the leafs wear the same pats jerseys. i love the same i pats think those jerseys. are awesome they're incredible i would love to see more like if the penguins wore their old style jerseys i think the that Canucks would be cool. wearing those black and uh, oh, those the black, black and jerseys are incredible. amazing please wear the, those more often the winnipeg jets wearing their 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 retro ones oh, like yeah. i thought dallas so they posted a they posted like a promo and um, it, i felt like i was watching impossible but they posted a promo like tweet like before they announced it. Oh, okay. It was just a black collar and it's like soon or something like that. And I was like, oh, like they're going back to the old like Dallas Stars, like black and then sort of muted green, like the, like the Mike Medano jerseys. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I love that. That's great. And then they come out. This is a monstrosity. It looks radioactive. Like, it, <laughs> looks, it looks like the uniform is saying, kill me. Like it, it, it's it's horrible, and all like I tweeted when that happened. Like your name is Kyle when you put that jersey on. You have Oakleys. Chase. Yes, your name is Chase Kyle Clevin. I don't know. Like yeah, some, like uh, Riley uh, uh, Jace. Something. Yes, exactly. Like you, you have Oakleys. You have a you know a, a what's it called? Some sort of not a snapback. Like a uh, I can't. I, I a terrible hat backwards. Like it just you're horrible. It's not good. I, I don't okay, like it. so, so that's trending in, down. In my favorite part of the entire week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you were you were blowing up my phone about this. I, this week. I well, loved when, this. Okay, trending downward. Yeah. Bob McKenzie's give a shit meter. It's it's plummeting near the earth's crust and right now. And it is elite. It's off the charts. I low. love it. So first of all, he does 
I don't know. If, I think it's like a thread. And the mm-hmm. last line in one of the tweets is wearing a mask is an IQ test. It is. And like I've been saying this. I, my professors have said it. It's not a political statement. It's are you smart enough to recognize that wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of the virus? And yes or no. And so when Bob McKenzie, who objectively mm-hmm. is the most respected hockey man man person like just the most respected he's, he's, he's most, revered he's the most respected person in at least hockey media maybe all hockey circles like he is the bob father for a reason and he tweeted this and i'm like yes king then he followed that incredible with so ontario did a dumb and they're doing a lot of dumbs lately and it's because our government is well, they're a government. And so they said that, first of all, Lisa McLeod, who's like the minister of like sport or whatever, she's not even a doctor, not even close to a doctor, was like, oh yeah, we're uh, gonna have the OHL without body checking. And everyone went, um. Excuse me? The NHL just played a season that had body checking and there were no cases of COVID. So I'm not really sure that that's necessarily related. Thank well, you. It's not even that. It's just like body checking doesn't, like, there's so many more intimate moments in hockey. Like spitting on the bench, Spit- well, like, sharing water bottles. Spitting on the bench, sharing water bottles, battles in the corner, face-offs. The showers. The sh- yeah. Like, there is... There's a laundry list. And then my favorite is just... Somebody tweeted about how it's terrible. She, a Dreger tweeted mm-hmm. about how they're going to negotiate with the province. They're continuing to negotiate. Lisa McLeod clearly doesn't know what she's wading into. She's not a doctor goes, this is untrue, something, something, something. And Bob McKenzie underneath unleashes this. Bob comes from the top rope. Four <laughs> tweet thread that's like, excuse me, I have questions. And everyone was like, oh, Bob is not playing. And he came with all these questions. And what happened the very next day? Gord, who's the premier, and for those of you in other countries who don't know what that is, it is He's essentially governor. the governor yeah. of our... Um, humble province. Humble province came out and was like, actually, we're gonna be opening no, up hold. negotiations with the OHL. And I was like, well, the slow your roll here. Power of Bob McKenzie because people being upset that was always gonna happen. Mm. But when you start getting questions like that, yeah. it makes your government look not great. Well, they already look bad. First of all, like Bob McKenzie has been remarkably like I find with a lot of. Because I have tweet notifications on for all, all of the insiders and everything. Like, all of the insiders are very... They're remarkably, like, restrained to just hockey, at least on Twitter. Yes. Like, that's all they talk... Like, they, they don't they do tweet politics, they COVID, don't, they don't do, no, But they don't even, like, you know, you know, it's a great movie or, like, you know, something like that. They never do that. Um, even, like, Woj, for example, like, he doesn't, he doesn't tweet about anything other than, like, league sources are telling me. And that's it. And for, so, for, for you to be so dumb in politics that Bob McKenzie comes from the top rope... And just puts you puts you into the ground. You have oh. to really you have to be colossally fucking up that. And they did like Oh, I it was brutal. I can't think of a dumber like I, I Rationale. Yes. It's it's not even Just like, say the, you don't want them to play. The decision itself is extremely stupid. Well, you know what it is? It's we don't actually want to do anything, but mm. we need to look like we're doing something. We're work. just going to pretend. Yeah. It's like clicking a bunch of keyboards and your boss walks by your desk on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yes. That's all it is. But like, 
the decision itself is colossally stupid. Oh, it's unbelievably dumb. But what's even dumber, it like it's like an onion. We're like the 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 layer of like the decision, it's like, yeah, that's dumb. But then you just keep peeling back layers of the thought process and you're like, wow. Like this really this is like the a never ending gobstopper of dumb. Like it is unbelievable. And, and that is the Ontario government. Seriously, it, it's it's crazy. There like there's no there's no way that this sticks. No, there's no way. You're either not gonna play or they're going to play properly. Or they're going to play properly in like a bubble scenario or something. Because like you can't, you just can't play the game. And also like there will, again, like face-offs, your face is like, body checking is even remarkably like less, less personal. Yeah, like women's hockey doesn't have body checking and that's not the point. Exactly. The point is, is you can't say that body checking causes COVID when there are like, are you going to say you can't have net front battles? You can't have battles in the corner? You can't have face-offs? Like, what? Look what's happening in baseball. They don't touch each other. Yeah. The only time they touch each other is when you tag someone with, like, an me- intermediary of, like, a glove, and it's relatively, like... Or when you all fake gather on the field because you're angry that somebody threw a ball exactly. at your and team, you're, you're which just doesn't even count. You're squaring up at each other. It's, yeah. Uh, but it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, trending down. Now, this is this is heartbreaking for someone who's worked in the real estate business before. Realtors' odds of listing Michael Hutchinson's Toronto home. Because this guy... <laughs> it's just always coming. He will not leave. He will not go away. Michael Hutchinson re-signs with the Leafs two years, $700,000 league men each year. It's a two-year, two-way. But He's their AHL. He's, their, he's, he's the Marley starter. No, Aaron Dell. Well, we it don't depends. Know, man. Aaron Dell said, like Aaron could Dell's be three quote, goalies on the roster. Exactly, and Aaron Dell has. Like, first of all, we don't know what, what how what the roster rules, like are. what roster rules are going to be. But also, Aaron Dell says like he doesn't. He's fighting to be the backup. Like he's not. He's coming in there. And I know. I don't know. But at the same time, like I could see it. Guy. I could see the NHL saying, okay, because of the way the AHL is going to be structured yeah. this year, it's going to be three goalies you're allowed to have, and only two count against the cap on any given day or whatever. Yeah, I could see that being the case. It makes sense. I, like when you look at the Michael Hutchinson signing, like it makes sense. Like he's familiar with the organization. He's the nicest guy in the world. I've talked, I've interviewed Michael Hutchinson countless times. He's the nicest guy in the world. He clearly just wants to contribute. And, you know, he's shown that in spurts, he could be an NHL spot starter. Like you can, you can throw him in there and, and for like, you know, 15 games a year and he'll post like a nine Oh three on average and not kill you. He just he he won two playoff games this year. Right. He just makes you nervous. Oh, he yeah, like I'm going to like if have he's, a heart attack. I'm going to die if he goes in net. And and also like he'll be able to be exposed in the expansion draft. Like it's 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 expansion fodder at the same time. <laughs> just the the shamelessness <laughs> that Kyle Dubas has in these moves. It's he incredible. doesn't give a shit how these moves look because he has like he's on Twitter a lot. He knows the fact he he know he he follows Oak Leafs. He follows me. Yeah, but he but you you don't tweet dumb dumb stuff like Oak Leafs tweets the most ridiculous stuff on on Leafs Twitter. He's seen the the words and the 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 phrases and the the perception of Michael Hutchinson in this market, and he still went not one but two years. Come on back, Hutchie Clutchinson, if you will. Also trending down. Yes. Uh, the odds of Anthony D'Angelo fulfilling his promise to not tweet about politics, which quite literally just look, is... it's never it was never going to happen. Um, look, we're we're a relatively 
you know diplomatic podcast here like you know, we don't we, talk about politics we don't talk podcast. about we don't really talk about politics like and, and you know unless something but emphatically crazy anthony d'angelo sucks yeah i was gonna say like as a person and he got rinsed by sebastian ajo mm-hmm. so i mean we're look we're we're, we're, we're a relatively diplomatic podcast. We, you know, we like to cover hockey with an objective eye somewhat. You know, we, we try and give every player a chance. Um, with that being said, fuck Anthony D'Angelo. Yes. And everything he stands for and everything he believes and in. And his podcast. And fuck his podcast <laughs> and fuck his beliefs and fuck his parents' beliefs. And <laughs> Just all of it. And fuck his Twitter account and fuck his general demeanor. Fuck everything about Anthony, Anthony D'Angelo. That's just what I have to say. So, um, and, and Tony, right. if you hear this and you're probably going to get pissed about it, you know, we, we're a relatively big podcast. You'll probably hear it. Um, I don't care. You're a little whiner, a little whiner. And if you want to, you, if you want to talk to me about it, I guarantee you I'll be, I'll be totally up for it, buddy. He blocked one of my best friends on Twitter because she called him out on something that he said, like during the summer. And mm. I howled. Because I was like, oh my god, you're blocking someone that has, like, maybe 500 followers. Like, dude, get out of... You're a professional hockey player. This is what I don't understand. Like, How does he have time to do this? Yeah. You just got, like, rinsed by Sebastian Ajo. Let's maybe work on your defensive play and less on your Twitter game. And that goes for, like, a bunch of NHL players and a bunch of just professional athletes like you all have enough followers that you can turn on the quality filter and not see a bunch of things and not engage and just take the high road but no but i think we should get into Mm. our deep dive this week because (laughs) just a preview for all of you oh this is gonna get if, if you thought that was spicy we're covering so we decided we were normally going to go Here's, here's a little peek behind the curtain of the prep here. We're normally going to go because we're, we're doing, you know, every division, each team in every division for the six weeks until we presume training camps and everything will start. We're going to go conference by conference, like conference by conference. We start in the Atlantic, so we were going to go, I was thinking the Metropolitan. Now. Right, but we might have... But then the Arizona Coyotes happened. Yes, again. and we might have to hold off on the Metro because we might have somebody exactly. joining us from the Metro. Yes, a little tea, that in the biz is what we call a tease. Um, and so we thought, you know what? We're hopping right into the Pacific, but we're not starting with the Coyotes because, again, that in the biz is what we call a tease. Also, because we're going to be yelling and then I'm going to be fired up the rest of the podcast. Exactly. I feel like that's not good for my heart. No, it's not good for your heart. It's also not good for the, for the, the structure of the show. And also what's not good for the structure of the show is me explaining everything. So let's get into it. We're starting with, in the Pacific Division, we're doing our deep dive. Start with the San Jose Sharks, the most confounding team uh, we're going to say that about every team in this division, apparently, but a very confounding team that was poised to, uh, there were, there was an all win now mode and did precisely the opposite of that. They so, lost now. I would just want to point out that the San Jose Sharks, uh, what Doug Wilson Jr. did at the draft when he signed Ozzie Wiesblatt's name, that was, when we talk about being inclusive, that is what we talk about. To have the recognition that the kid that you're drafting comes from a family that their first language is American Sign Language, mm. and to be able to just say, okay, we're drafting this kid, and I want to be able to include his entire family in it, so I'm going to learn how to sign his name, to me, that says, I'm like, okay, you know what? That's positive. Yes. That's the kind of stuff that we want. I was so happy to see that, and of course, it's like the last pick in the first round, 
or whatever. Yeah, I think it was the last it thing was, in the first yeah. time. And it was just so heartwarming. It was such a great way to end the night. And you could see how much it meant to, like, his family. And I just, honestly, it makes up for a bunch of other terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, also, like, when you think about it, the draft is a total crapshoot. Like, you don't know if the guy you want to pick is going to be there. Another right. team could have drafted Ozzy Weisblatt right before that. And not, so not only did he learn sign language with no certainty that they were going to pick him, he did that. He learned it just on the off chance they drafted this kid so he can make this kid's family, give this kid's family a moment to cherish forever. Also, the draft process leading up to that, like the week, it's a busy week. It's, yeah, not, it's not like you just have time to sit around. To learn a new language. And yet he did. For the off, for the off chance this kid was still going to be on the board. So he could give this, so he could give Ozzy Weisblatt's family a moment that they can literally cherish forever. Like that is exact, like you said, when you're talking about inclusion, that is 100% what you want to say. That's see. like a prime example. That is walking the walk. Yes. You can talk, the NHL so often, they barely talk the talk. They just <laughs> talk, barely. They just talk a lot. They never walk the walk. This was definitive. So huge bonus points for them. That is probably the last positive thing we're going to say about the San Jose Sharks as we head into this deep dive. So they have, keep in mind, the San Jose Sharks, who were terrible last year, they have $2,353,333 in cap space. Not a lot. Nope. Their their, uh, notable departures are Joe Thornton, Aaron Dell, and Melker Carlson. So at least they didn't lose a ton of players in um, in, in, in that sort of process. But their additions... They're a little suspect. Okay, so I like the re-signing of Kevin LeBanc. Okay. Um, At that price, though. Yeah, I thought that Kevin LeBanc last year should have fired his agent when he took that one-year, $1 million deal after being fantastic for two straight years. Well, we all know what the, what the process behind that was. Yeah, so I thought that this was kind of San Jose saying... We're sorry. <laughs> Listen, we know we made you do something, and then we were terrible. So we're going to give you the contract you deserve. And I think it is the contract he deserves. I think he's going to play at least to that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Ryan Donato ad. I don't think that um, he kind of found his way enough mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And so I think he's going to get an opportunity here in San Jose uh, to have a bit bigger of an impact um, in the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some scoring punch. Um, that's a low-risk deal. Like, He's got good underlying numbers. I think it's good. Uh, the rest of it, I don't love. So the Kevin LeBanc signing, he was re-signed four years, 4.725550. Right. He had 33 points in 70 games last year. And I included Corsi this time around, just for a little spice, you know, because I'm, I'm supposed to be the graph guy. So I, I included the most basic advanced stat imaginable. Mikey, him. noted graph guy. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so he had a 54.8% uh, On Corsi San 4. Jose, that's pretty good. That's on a terrible <laughs> yeah. team, yes. Like, you have to really wait a lot of these. Like, San Jose is like Buffalo last year. We're like, yes, a guy had a bad year in, in San Jose or in Buffalo, but he was in Buffalo. Like, how, can, how much can you really You've got to weigh the situation. And There's so... context involved. Ryan Donato, on the other hand, so he was traded for a 2021 third-round pick, um, and his con- he has one year left at 1.9 million. He had 23 points in 62 games last year, 51 percent five and five Corsi four. The thing I remember about Ryan Donato the most is that he was the apple of Paul Fenton's eye. In that he uh, in the Charlie Coyle deal, get get you some get find you someone who will go to the lengths to get you that Paul Fenton did to get Ryan Donato. He was like sexually attracted to this man (laughs) 
at a certain point. If you read the Mike Russo, um, it was um, incredible. It was, but it, he was like, like, I'm surprised he was just like, I walked into, you know, I walked into <laughs> Paul Fenn's office and he was just staring at a picture of him on his, uh, on his computer and then quickly del- like closed it right when I walked in. Like this guy was in love with him and he's, he's okay, but it's like, why, <laughs> why, are, why are you like literally foaming at the mouth over a guy who's seems like, you know, an average winger. And their goaltending, like they got Dubnik and Jones. Yeah. I don't absolutely hate it, but I certainly don't love it. Well, Dubnik, ugh, it's just. I feel was, like Dubnik was probably a product of. He was terrible last year, though. Being in Minnesota, though. Like he was horrendous in Edmonton and then miraculously found his way on like the best defensive team in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was Dubnik fitting with the system, but I also think part of that was the fact that it wasn't Edmonton and they weren't giving up 90 billion scoring chances a game yeah and so uh in that's san jose number, by the way yes 90, billion. 90 yeah. billion um and so i think that he's gonna get exposed in san jose a little bit more that trade by the way so he was traded along with a 2022 22 sorry yeah 2022 seventh round pick these are all fictional years we're talking about here 2022 we're not living that long but whatever he was traded along with a uh, so the Sharks acquired Devin Dubnik and a 2022 seventh round pick in exchange for a 2022 fifth round pick. So he like, I feel like goals saved above average can kind of give you an idea of a goalie's worth. And he has minus 16.23. Is that bad? Now, as the as the statistical expert on this podcast, correct? Um, I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Uh, but like, so but so you were saying that he's a product of of a terrible wild team last year and that's true they weren't like no i'm saying that when he went to minnesota they were clearly a good defensive a better defensive yeah, team. But, now, but now he sucks but now he's terrible and so i think that it's not great for why were they so intent on him first of all this trade was teased for like three weeks before it happened yeah that was super weird why was that happening i don't know like it was ridiculous so all- did san jose get better because i'm gonna go with no no you know what? There's a through line here. A lot of the teams in this division, spoiler alert, did not get better. Some <laughs> did, but most of them you didn't. You know who did get better, though? Who? The team we're going to talk about next. Well, do you want to, like, Patrick Marlowe's back, 700,000. None Stephen, of these. He is, like, not really, yeah. Stefan Neeson, Nosen, Matt Nieto. Like, there's not, like, this is a, this was a not very a lot happening here. underwhelming. They lost Joe Thornton, obviously. So that's a big, that's a big deal, at least for, for the locker room. But, yeah, just rough, rough going in San Jose. But, yes. Moving on to the team that you want to talk about, the Los Angeles Kings. They got better. Want to know why they got better? Why they get better, Rachel? Because they got Quentin Byfield. Yeah. My guy. You're a big Quentin Byfield fan. Yeah. You were f- about to flip the very table we're recording at right now when we were watching the draft together. Yes. Uh, for, for good reason. He's My brother player. used to play hockey with Quentin mm-hmm. Byfield. Um, this kid is objectively one of the nicest people i know which is rare in hockey um like the type of guy that comes over to your house eats food and then puts his dishes in the dishwasher like he's honestly he's just so nice and he's obviously a fantastic hockey player Mm. that was never really up for me second overall why why didn't he go first if he's that good yeah i mean there was an argument to be made for that you have to you have to you have to ask the question i yeah so i think anytime you can add a player of that quality on an entry-level deal, mm-hmm. it's a W. Absolutely. Um, For the next three years, yeah. And then you proceed to also add Leas Anderson, who now with a change of scenery, yeah. and they gave up the Will Cully for that. Like, okay. Not bad. Um, I would do that 
every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So I think that he's going to be reinvigorated by a trade. He's going to obviously come back over from Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing in Sweden last year, and uh, I think he's going to slot nicely in. Um, L.A. drafted exceedingly well. Yeah, you were very high in their draft. Oh, exceedingly so why? well. Like, like, go into that. Why? I just thought, so when you look at the draft, you look at the value you got for your picks. So Carolina did well. Obviously. Yeah. But L.A., getting who they got, like, getting, I, I believe they got Casper Simmentival. They got Martin Kromiak in, like, the fifth or sixth round, and he was ready to go in the third round. They got Quentin Byfield, which, of course, you're going to get a fantastic player at second overall. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that there were players that fell to them in certain positions where they recognized, this player probably shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. We should take him. And I thought that they did that with pretty much every single draft pick. And if you look at their prospect cover now, they are stocked. Yeah. And so I think it'll help them whether they want to execute trades, um, whether they want to have a young lineup going forward, because Lord have mercy, that Drew Doughty contract is absolutely terrible. Well, Don LeCision put out his you know best and worst uh, contracts in the league, and Drew Doughty, he's right at the top, baby. Yeah. He's right there. Um, and then, okay, so they got... Oli Mata as well. I like Sean Walker. They re-signed him. That was a phenomenal signing. Sean Four Walker. Four years at 265. That's yeah. unbelievable. The term, like, it'd be one thing to get him at 265. That's great. Because, you know, anyone can get anyone at, at a small term. They got someone at, you know, they got Taylor Hall for $8 million. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, but it's one year. But it's one year. But get him four years. Yeah, he's that's great. a fantastic. He's got great underlying numbers. He had, you know, he's he's Good decent. possession. Like good, yeah, great underlying numbers, good possession numbers, twenty-four points in seventy games. Like that's some that's some offensive pop from the back end. He fits. He's right hand. He's a right shot defenseman. Are those good? I think those are all good. Okay, I can confirm. Okay. My sources, league sources, are telling ESPN that those are good traits. This was like, and also the, another thing is in a world where cap space, in a world where cap space is the biggest, uh, uh, is, is the commodity. Most, yeah, the the most luxurious commodity. They have thirteen point six million. And that is with Drew Doughty's contract. And that's with $11 million taken up by a defenseman who, by potentially the most overrated player in hockey. So I think LA, like, I think it's very easy to say LA got better. I'm not saying LA is going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be good. But they're better. It's all relative, right? Like LA, they're not going to be good, but they're they're going to be good one day. And I think that I, at least there's a vision there. Because for so long, like if you look at their notable departures, like Trevor Lewis is one of them. And okay. he was one of those guys. No, but like, I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. But he was one of those guys who was given, he was a bottom six guy and he was given like a five-year deal or something. It was by, not necessary. By Dean, Dean Lombardi because he won two cups. And, which is great, but for so long they were trying, they were doing a, what the Blackhawks were doing up until this year, where they were trying to recapture the glory of that. And they were just running out lineups of Dustin Brown, Kyle Clifford, Trevor Lewis, Jeff, like a uh, uh, Jeff Carter on one leg, you know, guys like that. Jonathan Quick, you know, that's... basically dudes and Anze Kopitar. Yeah, dudes and Anze Kopitar. But now they're really committing to this little thing called a rebuild, and it seems to be working. And yeah, they're they're doing really well. Okay, so LA, they got better this year, yes. and they definitely got better long term. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I don't think you can say the same about their neighbors. This in is the most boring. I almost fell asleep putting this putting this prep together here. <laughs> this is the most boring team. So how the hell... Okay. How do you have $0 yes, in cap space? I was just about to ask that question. But all, okay, another through line in this is that almost, almost every team in this division has a big chunk... Has zero cap space and a big chunk of LTIR getting used up. The Anaheim... The Han, Anaheim Mighty Ducks 
They have they almost have a million dollars in LTIR right now. They have nine hundred twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Um, but their notable departures: Ryan Miller, he's still in the market. We don't know. But Justin Cluse, Matt Irwin, Michael Delzato, Chris Weidman, not big, not big none names. of these guys. I would voluntarily sign. Yeah, they're they're these are like the in any other team, I wouldn't even include these in the notable departures. But I just had to put something there. Um, like I'm looking right now, and I think maybe the only move I like is the Jacob Larson. So you don't like Shattenkirk? That is way too much money. Really? Expand on that. I I just think that he was propped up. Um, he's paid to be an offensive defenseman. And I think he was propped up playing in Tampa, which, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody is propped up playing That's in true. Tampa because of who you get to play with. Um, I just think, like, listen, he's getting up there in age – um, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's like 33 or 34. Um, 34 points in 70 games is good. Uh, yeah, he has good possession. Let's also keep in mind that's with Tampa. Yes, and he's with Brian McDonough mainly. Yeah, yeah. like again, everything is situational. He wasn't taking the, the hardest matchups. Right, and so I think in Anaheim, yes, they do have Hampus Lindholm and they have Cam Fowler, so he's still not going to have to take the, the hardest matchups. Yeah. But... I just don't know that you had to go to almost $4 million. Like, for me, a good price of Kevin Shattenkirk is probably a million less. So I'm talking like two nine three million dollars, not three nine four million. Like roughly what he signed for last year. Yes. Yeah. I just, but the reality is, is you're never going to get him if, no unless you pay that premium. I'm just not sure that where Anaheim is in their kind of age bracket that they need to be signing this type no, of No, they player. don't. They're clearly not a win-now team. Like, if you look at their roster, they're not. No. They, and even the moves that they've made this, like, they're all to re-sign these young guys to cheap deals that hopefully are going to be big value. Like, they re-signed Jacob Larson, who's 23. got two years, $1.2 million. Re-signed Troy Terry, three years, $1.45 million. He's young. Sonny Milano, two years, who's, be, who's a, an elite NHL video game uh, player, by the way. If you want to build a franchise, you always take him because he's got huge potential, and that's why video games are not reality. Um, but he had two years, one point seven million. Uh, these are all these are all players who, you know, they're not they're not their best days are not right now. And Shevin, Shevin Cadenkirk, Kevin Shattenkirk's days they're probably not they're probably long, like best days are probably long gone. Yeah, he had a re- rebound year last year, but again, like you said, he was on Tampa. Like, everyone has a rebound year on Tampa. It's not, you know, revolutionary. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. So, no, Anaheim did not get better. And then Derek Grant, three years, $1.5 million. Look, 25 points, 56 games. $1.5 million is not bad, but yeah. again, stop giving bottom six players term, yeah, please. Yeah, what is going on with this? Like, you, I feel like Derek Grant is a very interchangeable player. Yes. So why are you locking yourself into him for three years? Like, uh, Silliness. Because he's a good guy. Good okay. locker room guy. That's California. Yes, we're finally out of Death Valley, and now we're into Nevada. Know, what, ha- what happens here stays here. Is anything interesting happening in Nevada right now? No, okay. nothing interesting has ever happened in Nevada. It's well, very, it's a very unremarkable place. I uh, mean, it doesn't have any attractions. I did go there for my twenty-first birthday, and, and can confidently lived. say that. Yeah, I mean, I did lose my passport. Um, I did find it though. No, oh, that's good. Racial. Well, uh, and, and what I mean by find it. The people at the very lovely hotel saw the passport, saw my last name. Which hotel? Uh, it was at Hawkeson in okay. MGM. Um, know my mom because she's there three times a year for work. And they were like, oh. And so they called my mom and were like, do you have a daughter? 
She was like, yes. Unfortunately, yes. And they're like, we have her passport. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So one, mom, maybe we need to have a discussion about why you were on a first name basis with the people at mm. the biggest nightclub in Vegas. Yep. Yep. Um, also two, Rachel, don't lose Why'd your Why'd you gun. bring your passport because to the so club? What? You don't have a choice. So you can't. They, do, you don't they don't take Canadian ID for you to get in the club. You so have you brought, to bring your passport. So you brought your most sensitive document. No, that's not my most. I have my Nexus. I did not bring my Nexus. Okay. So I well, still could have gotten back into Canada. But still, man, that's... Uh. Maybe clubs just shouldn't be asking you to carry your passport around. Because they said if you are non-American, you have to bring your passport. Which is, like, dumb. Because, of course, I guarantee you I'm not the first person. The lost and found is probably filled with passports. It's just solely passports. How many NHL players have... Oh, so uh, countless. Like, I can think of a few that are definitely irresponsible enough to actually lose their passport. I I actually know of one. I can think of more than a few. Okay, Two of them so, just got traded out of Toronto this, this, <laughs> this offseason. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. So, I think... Alex Petrangelo, obviously the key ad in Vegas. Oh, I thought you were going to say Alex Petrangelo is the key person you thought would lose his passport at the club. No. No, obviously. He was the he was the bell of the ball. How does Vegas continue to get better? Like, I don't get it. Other than well, being attacked zero, real estate. They have zero dollars in cap space right now. So Right. Um, but they lost Nate Schmidt, Paul Stastny, Brandon Peary. The one and only Garrett Sparks still out there waiting for a team to sign him. So he can say that he never got an opportunity. It, it tragic tragedy uh Kurt, curtis mckenzie john merrill nick cousins and valentin zykov um obviously having to shed nick nate schmidt big deal get him out for a third round pick you know Fine. pennies pennies on the dollar um chandler stevenson how do you yes. get him for two seven five like why is that a thing how is there a smart organization they have general finager the guy who, yes, who ran General Fanger, what also really impressed me about Vegas is that they were able to weather a mutiny in the middle of the playoffs and not really miss a beat or at least lock down any leaks that were happening. Right. But can you imagine if this would never happen, obviously, but can you imagine if Jack Campbell's agent tweeted that picture? I, I was wondering, um, are they like, is Marc-Andre Fleury going to recover from the, the wound? seemingly fatal sword wound? Through his diaphragm and aorta. Now I agree that I don't think Peter DeBoer is the right coach for that team. Like I think they're they should have kept Gallant there. Um, I really I like Jar Gallant. I don't know. You, you're making a weird face. Yeah, Do you know I I don't necessarily. I think Gallant got them to like where he got them to. Yeah. But I definitely know that behind the scenes there were. You think DeBoer's the guy to get them? I think De. Well, I don't think Peter DeBoer is more amenable to like being more open-minded and, mm-hmm. and using uh, different things. He's not going to be Kevin Cash and just, like, only use the numbers because mm-hmm. um, that's colossally idiotic. Yes. Um, and it very much cost them the World Series. Um, but I think that Peter DeBoer is at least more open mm-hmm. to the possibility that maybe his line of thinking isn't always the absolute best way. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a team with this much potential you obviously want a coach that's open to um outside the box thinking and creativity and i think peter DeBoer is more open to that um he's also a coach that guys love playing for 
Great. I had, I didn't know that. Yeah, he hit him. Really? Steve Spot. Yeah, they're. I knew Steve Spot. They're guys that that um, players love playing for. And, I know Phil Castle doesn't huge, love playing for Steve Spot. They're huge on uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, it's just I think that Peter DeBoer is a better coach for the team. Um, I'm not sold that they needed Alex Petrangelo. Nevertheless, it's a significant upgrade. Look, does any team really absolutely need Alex Petrangelo? Like, yes, but he's like if you go out there and get him, if you can. Yes, Edmonton. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, okay. Toronto needed him. Like, yes. So that was a bad way of putting it. But I'm saying if he's out there. Even if you don't need him, if you can get him, you get him. Of course. And you lock him in there. Right? So getting, like, okay, again, I don't love the contract, but it's what you got to do to get Alex Petrangelo, so you do it. So you get him. But getting Chandler Stevenson at below market value. For four years, too. Unbelievable. That's the kicker. Robin Lehner, below market value. Fantastic. Um, like Robin Lehner has, like... Like, he almost has the inverse stats of what Devin Dubnik had. Like, Devin Dubnik had minus 16 point whatever. Robin Lehner, plus, plus 12. 12, 12 plus 12.6. 12. Like, it's it, it's remarkable. Obviously, Alex Petrangelo completely reshapes everything. Now, on their back end, at least, yeah, like you said. They have Dylan, two defensemen that are better than most teams have one. Like, Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo are better than most teams' best defensemen. They're they have both, two defensemen. They're both better than any defenseman on the Leafs, for example. Correct. Like any defenseman on Edmonton. On uh, every Canadian team. Quinn Hughes. You think? You I think, think Quinn, right now. Alex oh Petrangelo, no! But for the future. Yeah, yeah but we're talking Quinn like Hughes. at like heading into next season. Oh no! Better than any Canadian team. Yes. The only one you could make the argument for is Shea Weber. And I would like. And I, even then, it's like mm, no. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Vegas got better. They're For clearly sure. the cup favorite at this point, I think. You think so? Well, because Tampa hasn't re-signed any, anyone. So, That's true. Like, we went through that last episode. Like, like they, we don't know We don't know they do that. Like, what they, yeah. So, I think Vegas has got to be the cup favorite right now. And they didn't even, like, yes, they lost, you know, Nate Schmidt, but then they replaced him. Or they, well, they, yeah, they replaced they him They lost Alex. Nate Schmidt and replaced him with someone better. Alex Petrangelo. They, they lost Paul Stastny, but... He was declining and making too much money anyway. And he'll, he'll be a great fit on, in Winnipeg. We'll talk about that when we get there. But then the rest, like Brandon Peary, Garrett Sparks, Curtis McKenzie, John Merrill, Nick Cousins, Valentin, like none of these guys are moving the needle that much. Yeah, Nick Cousins is really the only guy there that was a regular. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that is easily replaced by a guy like Dylan Secura. They were even able to re-sign a guy like Thomas Nosek, who I really enjoy at the bottom of their lineup. Yeah. He's just a good energy guy. Like it's, yeah. They, I like what, it. Um, Kelly McCrimmon, just killing it. And uh, George McPhee, GM, GM. All right, moving on, we got the Edmonton Oilers. This is team tidy business. They made, they did some tidy business over the offseason. For the season. first time in how long? In my lifetime, I think. Our lifetimes. Since we're both the like same age. a it's, long time. Yeah, this is the, this is the team that you, that would get like one good playoff run out of Fernando Pisani and lock him into a lifetime contract and <laughs> yeah. them until now. Like it's they're terrible. Um, but they look, they are capped out. They have zero dollars in cap space, and they have two hundred forty two thousand nine hundred twenty one dollars in LTIR being used again. There's that running theme, and their notable departures. Look, I think the only one that's even really notable is Andreas Athanasi. Look, did they botch the trade deadline? Yes, a hundred percent. In a way that might come back to really bite them. Right. But you know what they didn't botch? What? Is getting Jesse Pugliari back. That is... I was shocked when it happened. 
So you're you're in, you've worked again. You've worked. I want to preface this whenever I tell you to get deep into something. You've worked in in an NHL front office. Yeah. So you've likely seen you know what these kind of conversations are like. How the hell did they get him back to the Oilers? How did this happen? I do you honest, have any idea? I honestly, I think Ken Holland. From what I know about Ken Holland, he is abundantly stubborn. Prepared. Oh, prepared. Like okay. he has a vision. You might not agree with the vision, but at least he has yes. one, which the same cannot be said about other people. A lot of teams that we're about to talk about. So Ken Holland likely evaluated the fact that he had Yessi Puyi Army. And let's not pretend for a single second that Ken Holland doesn't have a history of getting some really good European players, specifically Swedes. Yes. Right? Yessi Puyi Army is Finnish, mm-hmm. but Ken Holland kind of, he knows what he's dealing with. Right? He has experience. So what I'm thinking is the only way they get Puyi back is by saying, okay, listen, we know the previous regime royally screwed this up. This is our plan for you. This is our commitment to you. Mm-hmm. Come sign a short-term deal. Prove that you deserve to be here. We will prove to you that we will keep our words. I think it's like a give and take kind of situation. I also think Edmonton realized that um, they have no wingers, yeah, and they need some. And Yessi Puliyarvi is a winger. Let me let, yes, Yessi Puliyarvi can confirm is a winger. Is a winger, and being almost a point per game player in the Finnish elite, uh, in Liga is objectively good. And he's young too; he's still twenty-two. Yeah, and you can't tell me for a single second that other than Leon Dreisaitl, Yessi Puliyarvi is not their best option on the wing. Like, I, 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 I don't... Who else are you going to get? Yeah. Who else so are you you're, play? you're dying for talent on the wings. You have this guy that previous regime has royally screwed it up with. Now you come over, you get him to give him uh, a chance. I think he is going to get a chance. Uh, so I like that. And then you and I, like, tidy business, right? Oh, Getting yeah. guys at Kyle Turris, 165. Tyler Ennis, 1 million. Tyson Berry, 375. Like... Dominic Cahoon, who is not Dominic Simone. No, and you were, you, you, were, you were killing yourself for that one. Yeah, I said, last week I said Dominic Cahoon signing Calgary. I meant Dominic Simone, and forgive me, they're basically the same. Did you person. get heat for that? I actually didn't, or if oh, I did, I have, a, under. I have a quality filter, and oh, that's so I nice. don't see it. Something I that... only get people yelling about me on politics, and I don't care what they have to say. Um, so I, I, my, favorite, my favorite signing of the offseason... Is, is Kyle Turris for two years of 1.65 million. And here's why. Man, I think it's great. It's a fa- it, this, that is the tidiest of business. It is so tidy. It is almost too tidy in that you're like, maybe this guy's a serial killer because his place is too tidy. I'm watching a lot of Dexter right now. That's on, off the top of my head. Um, but I want to compare two players here because Kyle Turris, so last year, keep in mind, Kyle Turris, abject failure, bought out. By the, by the Nashville Predators. You know, he was... Just didn't fit there. He, di- he didn't fit there at all. But, you know, abject failure, bought out, overpaid, bum. You know, no one can take him. 31 points in 62 games. Edmonton could use that. Derek Broussard, another player. He's a center. They're both in their early 30s, early to mid-30s. He, wa- he, you know, he bounced around from three teams in 18-19. In you know, he, it looked like his career was over. Signed a one-year... Signed a one-year deal. Prove it deal. Sorry, Rachel's turning on the lights in my place. No, it's the last one. There we go. Um, <laughs> we're sitting in the dark. We were sitting. Well, I, I, I grossly underestimated how early 
it gets dark in Toronto now. Um, so yes, it looked like his career was over. He signed a one-year prove-it deal for, I believe it was more than that. Let me, let me, oh no, $1.2 million. Still in, good. In the, in the island last year. 32 points in 66 games. So even... Oh, outplayed it. Yes. But even, so even if, and, and everyone's hailing him as, oh, what a great, what a great bounce back year for Derek Broussard. He really, he, he completely, he reclaimed his career in the island. Kyle Turris outperformed him in terms of a point per game standpoint there. And if you take away his contract, was pretty was, was, I would say a better player. If he can even just replicate what he did last year for the oil, for the Oilers, it would be phenomenal value. Yeah. And I think he's going to get an opportunity. Like, look, they're going to get an opportunity to play like all the guys that we just mentioned are either going to play with McDavid, Dreisaitl, or Nugent Hopkins. Mm. Objectively, probably better than any. Well, certainly McDavid is better than anyone that they've played with. Mm-hmm. With the exception of maybe Dominic Cahoon, who has played with Sidney Crosby. Probably really fleetingly. Maybe. Right. The only signing that I didn't like, and we're going to leave Chris Russell out of this because they clearly it, signed it him for matter. the expansion guy, is Mike even... Smith. I don't think that was necessary. I don't like the Tyson Berry signing. Okay, one point for three seven five. I don't like considering it. Vancouver offered him like upwards of five million, which is ridiculous, which is uh, dumb. You know what? It's Do you know what the deal on the table was for Vancouver? Yes. What is it? It was, I believe, it was five point three five for, for, for how many years? Uh, I don't know the years, but okay. I know I think it was five point three five. That's hilarious, and he said no. Wow. Um, okay, but here's the thing, like. Edmonton, they need stuff like from the back they end. Need stuff. They need they need yeah. a lot. They need someone other than ninety seven or twenty nine to score. Mm-hmm. And I think they overall they they got that here. Like, did Edmonton get better? I think uh, the answer has to be yes. They did. They did. They definitely got better. They made a lot of signings. Like the majority of their signings this offseason are yeah, they're low risk, but they have they have great boom potential, and a lot of they're relatively safe. Like I don't think Kyle Turris is going to decline that much. No, I think he's okay. So if anything, he'll be better. Does Tyson Berry outplay his contract? Maybe, maybe not. Does Kyle Turris outplay his? Yes, probably. Does Tyler Ennis outplay his? Probably. Does Jesse Puljujarvi outplay his? Almost certainly, you would, you would, you would, it would be a failure if he didn't. Dominic Cahoon at nine seventy five is is going to oh. vastly outplay that. It's, it, it is it is the tidiest, cleanest business you could possibly have. Yeah. So Edmonton, you know what? We love to dump on them, but kudos to them. No. I think they had a fantastic offseason. The only the only thing that they really and this might be their Achilles heel is the only thing that they really messed up was the goaltending. Because Mike Smith is terrible. Mike Smith is terrible. And it's not even like Mike Smith is terrible, but, and they didn't even, you're in lit- what is quite literally the richest, most flush with, with assets, uh, goaltending market in recent NHL history. And look, they were going hard after, uh, and that's who you chose to sign. Well, yeah, they were going hard after Markstrom. We knew that. And they got beat out by, by, you know, their battle. Of, Calgary Canucks. Exactly. By the Calgary Cucks who were. Canucks, who we're getting to um, next, actually. And, uh, no, we're going Vancouver, we're going and, Vancouver then and Calgary. Calgary. Yes. So we're going Calgary's farm system, and then we're going Calgary. Um, but it's... And yet, so you go... So you knew Mike Smith is terrible. He cost you... He directly cost you a playoff game last year. And also, at the same time, you had... Okay. It, would the Oilers be better off in net if they had given Aaron Dell the deal the Leafs did? Yes. Instead of Mike Smith? Yes. Mike I still Smith, think they'd be bad. Mike Smith is making more than double. 
not great. Why did you go back? Like, look, I'm, I, 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 I was, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> okay. Like I was, I, you know, I, I got out of a long-term relationship in March. Ah, yes. And this would be like, Mike noted single dude. <laughs> so this would be like, if you, you can know, hit him up on Twitter, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> but you well, can, it's better you than me. That's actually true. I can take, yeah. I tweeted, by the way, Rachel talking about weird DM she's got on dating ass was not an invitation for you to try and make the list next time. Um, yeah, like slide into my DMs instead, which exactly. a lot of people did. I got a lot of send feet, so that was great. <laughs> feet, feet, send, send me feet. feet. Okay, so Edmonton. As I, was, I was making the, the I was making the comparison. Hold on, but that was like you know, getting out of that. The world is my oyster. It's a very flush market of single people. And that's like, I was going after one, you know, I was going after the bell of the ball, going after Florence Pugh, the love of my life. And Which I, obviously you succeeded. No, I, I would swing okay. and a miss. And so that's like, well, didn't get But her. if you say you did, doesn't mean that you did. Oh, yes. As okay. far as I'm concerned, I'm married to Florence Pugh. Um, Just like, as far as I'm concerned, the Leafs are going to win the cup. I mean, yeah, well, that... Like, no jokes aside, yes, as far as I'm concerned, they are. But anyway, as I was saying, this is like if I, I was... was is this is like if I, you know, I swung and missed on Florence Pugh. I'm like, well, missed on her. All right, time to go back to the ex. All right, <laughs> time to go. No, we're go- we're uh, me showing up at her door, you know, flowers in hand. No, that's not the way it works. Me. Like, All right, Mike, I have this nice man here, and I struck out with him, and I'm going back to my ex. I think you would reach across the table and like you would do the same thing to me like probably throw your drink on me if i said i was taking no, my you ex would back strangle me if i went back to to my ex so it's yes. like it, it that's that this is, is a support system here ladies and gentlemen yes exactly it's a great yes it's awesome but that is this is ex- literally exactly what the oilers did like mike smith did nothing but hurt them <laughs> yes and they swung out they, they went out and they swung and missed on the bell of the ball and they went <laughs> well there are clearly no other options available here that might fit our needs better let's just go back with what we know which is pain so so last week it was analytics are salad and this week it was bell of the ball relationship no talk this week's is goaltending is relationships goaltending is relationships i like it Um, okay the vancouver canucks also known as calgary's farm team yes what is jim betting doing and also canucks twitter fuck off really stop yelling at me i don't care what did you do what did you do to piss them off well i said that i said something objectively true which is for two years in a row jim benning has gotten a team out of salary cap trouble. Regardless of how good JT Wheeler was or wasn't for the Canucks, he helped Tampa get out of cap trouble. Then he did the same thing with Vegas. It's a little bit worrying like that that's a trend. Two years in a row, and you're getting... It's weird that Jim Benning has helped other teams more than he's helped his own recently. Right. Okay, so their cap is a mess. Zero, they have zero dollars in cash space again. You know, their I'm, bottom six and Tyler Myers are worth more than Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, and Quinn Hughes and Bo Horvat combined. And what's great is that the the former two, I guess, of those deals, they're coming up after this year. And I'm sure they'll be able to be re-signed with no problem. <sighs> Said nobody. There is no money to give them. Okay, so they let Markstrom walk. Which, you know what? I was okay with. I don't mind that. I was okay with. I wrote all about doing that, actually. You did. uh, For Yahoo Sports. They let Chris Tanov walk, which I was okay with. Mm -hmm. What I was 
very much not okay with was allowing Tyler Toffoli and Troy Stetcher to walk and for nothing. And for the deals that they signed, yes. you're telling me that you couldn't have paid Tyler Toffoli what the Habs paid him? You are out of your mind. Are you telling me you couldn't have paid Troy Stetcher? So they gave up a second round pick and Tyler Madden for like, what, 12 games of Tyler Toffoli? That ten. seems not ten good. 10 regular season games. Yeah, that seems not good. He had 10 points in 10 regular season games. Good for him. That's what we call poor asset management. Jim, this was the... Th- this Which was... might be the slogan of Jim Bettings. Yes. This, this is re- the only... He's... The reason why he's still able to somewhat show his face in the city of Vancouver is because of because of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like he's when the Vegas Golden Knights signed Petrangelo, Jim Benning's like, great, they're gonna save my job. Because I can go and say, look, I'll help you out. I'll help you out, Daddy. <laughs> For a third round pick, I'll help you out. I'll take Nate Schmidt. And yeah, Nate Schmidt is amazing. But you but they, they got just so much substantially worse. And you know what the thing is about the Vancouver Canucks? Their time to win is right now. If you look at their cap, if, they, if because everyone keeps talking about them as an exciting young team. They have a couple exciting young players. But if you look at the way their cap is structured... Yeah, you could have made the argument that Elias Pettersson deserved to be in the heart conversation this yes, year. Yes, absolutely. But they, like, they are... Also, win- objectively, good person. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not waiting into those waters. <laughs> no. But he's... Everyone keeps talking about them. It's like, yeah, they, they made the second round and it was great and they showed some great signs and we really helped to build for the future. They need to win now. They're Yeah, because those two players are probably going to cost you $20 million. And ob- I don't... Quinn Hughes has a wasted. black hole ELC. They wasted their ELCs. Well, Quinn Hughes has a black hole ELC, yes. which means he's not eligible for an offer sheet or arbitration. So they don't really have to worry about losing him. Elias Pettersson, on the other hand, is a problem. And here's the deal. Everyone wants to talk about buyouts and this and that. I have heard from like multiple reliable sources that Francesco Aquilini, who owns the Canucks, Ugh. has flat out taken the checkbook away and said, you are not buying anyone out. You are not paying people to not play Good. for my hockey team, which means Louis Erickson is not getting sent down. It probably means he's playing in the top six. Um, I... I don't know why you would qualify Jake Vertanen over Troy Stetcher, but okay. Because... And not to mention, the, f- the the contracts that you can't buy out are ones that you didn't have to sign in the first place. At all. Like, we talked last week about leadership and how, yes, it's good to have leadership, but only if they bring other things to the table and you don't want to be overpaying for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with paying Beagle and Roussel, and I'm definitely missing another one. Um... Like, Tyler Myers... Tyler Myers took nine penalties in seven games in the playoffs. That's... <laughs> you know how difficult that is? That's just funny. Like, that's not... <laughs> like, you don't want to be paying your bottom Brandon six... Brandon Sutter. Thank you. You don't want to be paying... Sven Berchi. 3.6 million. Like, you don't want to be paying these guys to the point where then you can't afford to sign the best players on your team. It just... Because if you didn't have Sutter or... Uh, like Beagle signed, a hundred percent. You keep to Foley. Oh, they were, but like they were even then talking about. Okay, we might have to trade Brock Besser so we can keep Tyler to Foley. Which no. Which first of all, no. Like we want, like yeah, keep keep to Foley. But like, there's so many of these players. There's but so, keep Besser too. Any other team would have found a way around this. Any other team would have found a way to keep to Foley, and he wanted to stay. Like that. That was that's it was the, unbelievable. That's the crazy thing is like even though his wife is like. 
isn't isn't her business based in LA? I'm pretty sure there's yeah. something like that. He wanted to stay in Vancouver. He fits seamlessly there. Very rarely does a deadline pickup like that fit culturally and stylistically so well. He was fantastic. So how do you not and and for the money that he eventually signed for, how do you not go okay? Like the fit is, is perfect here. He's not demanding that much. Like Tyler Toffoli, it looked to me like this is this is he looked like another Louis Erickson. Like a six million dollar contract. Like a six million dollar for a guy who should make four point five. You know, what I'm, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Canucks management needs to spend less time yelling at people on, on Twitter, Twitter with their burner accounts yes. and more time making their team better. Yeah, we like we see you. Like, you're, like you're, I know who you yeah, are. Yeah, you're not. You're not you're, hiding. Like it's very <laughs> obvious. Like who do you think you are? You're like, not fooling anyone. You're not slick. We know who you yes. are. It's, like, it's remarkable. It's literally not even. <laughs> And Ian and I had this discussion, mm-hmm. but the Judd Brackett scenario also left them with egg on their face. Well, it's funny because they like they they then botched the draft. Oh, and, did they ever? And then Minnesota had a phenomenal draft. I'm sure it's not related. No, not at all. They all so, but this is also whoa, geez. So you just so you so you let Markstrom walk, fine. You let Tanev walk, fine. You now here's what. So I wrote about this, about their goaltending specifically for Yahoo, like before the draft. Right. And I was like, what I would do. And what's kind of the, the more sort of prudent measure here is you just got you got th- uh, a stretch of play from your fran- your your supposedly future franchise goaltender in Thatcher Demko, a guy you've been grooming for six years, right? Guy you've been grooming since we were in grade nine. Oh no, that doesn't make sense. Since we were so, sorry, since we gra- just graduated high school, I was gonna say Whoa. I was I was eighteen in grade nine. It was it was hard for me. <laughs> Clearly, you were uh, seventeen again. Sorry, You're Zac Efron. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually. It, it just sucks. I'm gonna grow into Matthew Perry because he looks rough right now. Yeah. Um, how did that happen, by the way? How does Zac Efron turn? It doesn't make sense. Anyway, they should have just aged him up. Anyway, um, so what I would have done is Thatcher Demko played so well that he. He essentially, by proxy, eliminated Vegas from the next series because they said they were so shaken. Peter DeBoer went out and said, yeah. I think our shooters were so shaken by how good Thatcher Demko played yeah. that like... It screwed with their it heads. screwed with our heads. So you... so you, you, Yes, it's a small sample size. I get that. But you've also been looking at this kid and, and funneling assets into him and resources for six years. At a certain point, you got to let him... You got to you know, give him the reins and let him fly. And then, all, like we said, there's a there's a very deep goaltending market out there. You could go out and get us. There there are a lot of, you know, very low level like. And they got Braden Holby. And they went on. They got Braden Holby. And not only did they get Braden Holby, they gave him term two years. Right for expansion they, draft purposes. And they gave him four point three million dollars per year. You could have just taken that exact amount of money almost, and given it to Tyler Toffoli. But instead, you give a guy with, I think it was the second worst goal saved above average in the entire league. He had negative. He's the, he is literally. Second to Devin Dubnik's bad. Yes. That's not good, guys. Negative 16.78. He he lost his job last year and he hasn't been good the last two years. Yeah, it's not good. And you gave, and you basically, you get, and even, so people are saying, oh yeah, but it'll be, uh, Demko's going to emerge as a starter. Cool. Now you have a $4.3 million backup goalie in a, in a, in what was one of the most lucrative or one of the deepest goaltending UFA markets or RFA markets in recent years uh, who like, I would rather have Aaron Dell than, than current brain Holpe. Okay. So the Canucks are going to be good next year in spite of management because they have Game breakers. Yeah, they have who they have now wasted the ELCs. They've wasted them. Yes, 
You have the you have the crown jewel of assets, a superstar on an ELC. Two superstars. Two, thankfully, yeah, two superstars. You want to know who else's at, ELC is up next year? Thatcher Demko's. Oh God, I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. And he is eligible for arbitration. Oh God. And if he has a good year, like it's. See you later. Good night, Irene. And then you just wasted seven years of this player. Of okay. development of this player. So Vancouver did not get better, but no. they're likely going to be good because in spite of how terrible their management is, yeah. they have good players. Now, where did all of their players go, Mikey? <laughs> where did they go? <laughs> they went to a... Uh... They went down to the ranch. They went the they went down to the Saddle Dome. Is that even still their their arena? I don't know. And they went to Calgary. They did uh Yes. They did what my old uh my old Marley's buddy Matthew Conrad who now hosts uh the social desk at Global Calgary did. They went down to Calgary um for what was likely more lucrative uh earnings. Uh they have Jacob Marstrom obviously the biggest signing. 6 by 6. I don't love the deal, but at the end of the day, that's what it takes to get him done. Calgary needed a goalie yeah. that's going to be at a certain solid. point. You have to bite the bullet. Yeah, at a certain point, you kind of have to adopt the Dave Nonis with David Clarkson mentality, where it's like we're not worried about years five and six at this point because goaltending has been their Achilles heel. They haven't had a good goalie in that mar- in that market since Mika Kiprasov retired, and that was a very long time ago. When was that? I feel like I think that 2014? was twenty fourteen. Maybe even earlier. Than I that. feel like it was early. Like I think we were in high school when he retired. Were we okay. in grade nine or grade twelve? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they get Jacob Markstrom. Objectively, twenty thirteen is when he retired. Okay, so okay, we, but, we but, were in grade twelve. Yes, but they were. Uh, goaltending has hurt them so much in recent years that that if a goalie of Jacob Markstrom's caliber comes up, you were first in line. You could do worse than six million. Right. The the Panthers gave Sergei Bobrovsky ten. So let's let's be real here. Um, but yeah, like the, objectively, better in net. That's going to help them short term. It's going to help them long term. Now on the blue line, on the blue line here, um, that was not good. Chris Tanev, four, so four years, four point five million dollars each. That is both. That is both too much, too much term, and too much money. Yeah, it's too much and too long. That's too much term and too many monies. It is. <laughs> That is rough. Um, is Chris Tanev good? Yes, he's good. Is he also probably, overpaid? Yes. Is he also probably the most injury-prone player in the NHL? Um, maybe not in the NHL, but he close. He's he's always hurt. Last year, I yeah. Wish, you're so okay. You're not paying Chris Tanev to score points. Like that's not what he's there for. Um, Calgary lost Travis Hamonic. The last time Chris Tanev played, played 70 games or more was in 2014-15, where he played a career-high 70 games. Okay. He has played 69, 53, 42, 55, 69. Okay, 69. There were only... This like year, there 72. were... 72. So, yes, yeah, so he, he was played relatively, the whole year this yes. year. So, are he's we, the replacement willing, for TJ Brody. Yes. Are we willing to bet that he will continue this miraculous health as no. he gets older? Not even a little bit. Um. Uh, are we are we willing to bet that Chris Tanev, with his terrible track record of health, is now going to continue his his miraculous aberration of good health this year? No. As his already injury riddled body de- decays more and more, <laughs> it's decrepit. Like this. Why it's would you not give him so, good? If 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 they gave him this, if they gave him even two years, four point five mil, that would have been fine for each for each year, like two years, nine million altogether. Fine. Great. Fine, whatever. It fits your window. Uh, you know, Be my guest. 
uh, yes. Put our service to the test. Exactly. Beauty and the Beast. Tie a napkin round your waist, Shetty. Tale as old as time. But instead, they gave him do- probably double the amount of He does look like the Beast. I would just like he to does, point yeah. out. Um, okay. They did make some signings that I, I was... So what did you like? I liked the Josh Levo deal. Low risk, high reward. Oh, yeah. Andrew Mangiapane at two years times 2.4. Fantastic. That's fantastic value. I had no idea he was that good. I was doing a lot of research on him today, and Let I was like, what? tell you a fun little 10-second story Hit about me. Andrew Mangiapane. He played for Barry when I was coaching the Sudbury Wolves, yes. and there was an evening. It was We played Barry like eight times a year, and that was when they had Kevin LeBanc, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Andrew Mangiapane. There was one night where Kevin LeBanc and Andrew Mangiapane combined for 16 points. What? Yeah. How? Because we were bad, and they were good. I'm I mean, pretty sure it was I mean, yeah, 16 that, that kind of sums it up. He has always been good. I remember watching him being like, this is an NHL player. Mm-hmm. And I think two years at 2.4, he's probably on the second line this year. Like, this is fantastic value. I also love players with just, like, aggressively Italian last names. Like, just, Andrew, like, where's the freaking Gabagool? Yes. And Angiapani. Like, he's great. It, great possession numbers, 53.3%. Gets to the front of the net. Five. He's a small yeah. player, but he gets to the net. I, I have a soft spot for Josh Levo as well. Same. Just because of what happened. You know, he was uh, a victim of the Mike Babcock uh, experience. Um, <laughs> and then they also signed Dominic Cahoon um, to one year. <laughs> Dominic, Dominic Simone. Simone. Uh, Nikita Nesterov, also a little sneaky little signing Who there. did play with Sidney Crosby? Dominic Cahoon. Simone. Okay. What are the odds that these two Dominics both played with Sidney Crosby? That's, I don't know. I'm crazy. probably wrong again, and I'm sure somebody will yell at me. Oh, yeah. But, but no, th- like, look, whatever. I think they got, uh, to answer our, our you know, famous question that we do, did they, they got get better. better? Yes, they did. But, now, if they turn around and trade Johnny Gaudreau, then no. Which, but this, all these moves were, were essentially like, all right, we're, we're going to run it back with these guys. We're going to, like, we've given them the kind of win now. Uh, uh, additions that we sort of needed and if you can't make it happen then then they'll know definitively if yeah like i think that if they bow it again then the common denominator is johnny goudreau sean monahan and sean monahan i think in their minds they'll be like i think matthew kachuk's probably the next captain of the calgary flames after giordano sorry yes mark giordano but he is no he's like both kachuks are going to be captains one day I, think, I could see Shabbat being captain in Ottawa uh, just because yeah, of the true. French. But I can still think, I, like, I can still see Bra- like them giving it to Brady. He just seems to, both Tushaks have just fit in so seamlessly with their teams. It's just, yeah. Um, okay. And now we get to the, the piece of the de resistance. I'm mad. Do we even need to, like, I don't give a I shit about who they I don't signed. I give a shit about who they signed. Could we just talk about what happened yeah. in Arizona? So. I know we're about... Let's talk about how Taylor Hall left because they are a tire fire. Mm-hmm. He was never re-signing there. If you have kids in the car... Now would be the time to turn it off. Yeah, because... I'm big mad. We're getting in on this. The Arizona Coyotes. Never have I seen a team... So incompetent. Is this... Like, I know we talk about, like, the oh Senators were terrible and, you know, the the, the But wild. the Sens are bad because of Eugene Melnick. They're not bad because they're doing insane things evil things evil awful things like it's unbelievable so okay it starts with now the proven they're not even allegations anymore no they're proven um i also spoke to multiple junior teams it happened like it fully happened 
Um, they tested over 20 draft eligible prospect physical testing. Not allowed to do it. It's a $250,000 fine per athlete. They weren't fine at all. They should have been fine, but they did lose their draft pick. Then no, it who com- did they lose? Like they they lost their first and second, second round. round draft they would have lost their first this year if they didn't trade it for Taylor Hall. So this year they went into the draft without a first, no second, no third. Right. Yeah. So no, they they got a new owner. Who? This is the defense against the dark arts teacher. It's just a new one every year. They keep. I remember last year. I remember at this exact amount of at the in January, I was listening to a Thirty One Thoughts interview with uh, Elliot Friedman interviewing their interviewing. I think it was Aaron Cohen about how he's going to revolutionize hockey in Arizona. And Arizona, the Arizona Coyotes are Dolores Umbridge. Yes, that's basically what. So, okay, they get a new owner. He's a person of color. That's a good thing. Yes, we want. We want that. We want to grow the game. That's a good thing. This guy said he's going to be dedicated to growing the game in Arizona. We want that. That's a good thing. He brings in Xavier Gutierrez, another person of color in a prominent role in an NHL front office. That's a good thing. Everything since has been fucking horrendous. It has been deplorable. Everything before that? And then everything after that has been... That was the one glimmer of hope in the shit sandwich that has been their or, their existence. Yeah. Like, like it's, not, it's unbelievable. So, Cheka leaves... Yes. With an, an... In the messiest way possible. Yeah, and then their PR department... I don't know. I, I know their PR people, and they don't seem like these kind of people. So, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and so say... So, who did this come from, then? They did not craft that shit sandwich of a statement. Because it was terrible. That, to me, screams it came from the top and were bitter. From their new progressive owner? Yeah, exactly. So that is a mess. Then they get Steve Sullivan, interim GM. Then they get Bill Armstrong. Okay, that's a decent hire. Mm. But he's not allowed to be involved with the draft, and I can understand why. Absolutely. 100%. We were talking about the, the, um, the like insider training of the Sport Logic guy getting hired last episode. Right. And so they come out and they publicly say... We're going to change the culture. Therefore, we have fired Lindsey Hofford, who notably got a DUI for drunk driving a golf cart. Okay? So I, I sat there. and I was like, hey, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning out. They're going to change the culture. We've got new blood in the NHL. It's not the same white dudes being recycled. This is positive. And it literally fell off. Like, it didn't just fall off a cliff. It like the Grand Canyon. So it fell they, off. They were so they were they were stripped of their first and second round draft picks next year. No, they're second no, this year. They're second this year. They're first next year. Um, so they're stripped of those for knowing too much about the draft class. Right, and they should have been fined two and a half million dollars, and they weren't. So that was what they you said twenty, twenty players. About twenty players at two hundred and fifty k each is two and a half million dollars. They should have been fined. They were not. Moving on. We the thing is is that they they have had such like you haven't even mentioned how they were late to pay bonuses for their players. Yeah, they were late to pay September first bonuses. And then Oliver Ekman Larson. And then they they and then they <laughs> essentially were like publicly flirting with dumping their captain, which is objectively not a good idea. Like again, this is like the you best know, defenseman they've had in. Hey, honey, my lifetime. Look, hey, honey, I'm going to go to the club, and if I can't find another girl, then I guess I'll come back to you and we'll stay together. But if I can find a, a, another big booty babe, then <laughs> I'm going to, then, then yeah. you're out of here. 
Like it's so as well. Like <laughs> it just it, they they didn't even okay. Here here are the also like confirmed from Craig Morgan at the time. These are the the they were late on multiple player performance bonuses. These September first bonuses. One of them was Tyler Steenbergen. Who Which was, is a $92,000 bonus. No, $43,000 oh. bonus due on July 15th, and they had been resolved around mid-September. Man, I know, like, I have friends' parents who get paid bonuses that are more than that, and with companies that are worth far less than the Arizona Coyotes. It's like, get remarkable. it together. You can't pay $43,750? I'm sorry, you don't deserve to be a hockey team at that point. And even, like, like $1 million due to Jason Demers. Can we get to... Yes. So you made the point that... Mm. Okay, they were fined for, for testing too much about the draft. But you know what they didn't know? Or what they no, ought to they have known? They absolutely knew. Because it had been already revealed that he was off their draft board at a certain <laughs> point midseason. And then he was put back on. And that is Mitchell Miller, the scum of the earth, whose family is the scum of the earth. That is like me saying, Mikey, I am going to treat myself better. I'm going to make sure that I don't get treated like crap. And then... I'm going to go shoot some meth. Let's do yeah. this. Like, like, I'm changing the culture in my body. I'm kidding. I lied. I've eaten McDonald's every day, three times a day. That's literally what they did. They did... They did literally opposite. They, they, they touted themselves as a progressive organization where, you know, we're skating for black lives. We're going to do this. And then they went <laughs> where, where it's all about hockey is for everyone. That includes, you know, racial minorities who've been, who've been subjected to bigotry and people with developmental disabilities. And their first pick in the draft committed a hate crime was someone who was convicted. Like this is, these are not allegations. These are things that happened. There's a difference between allegations and facts. This is a fact. Who bullied, and it's not even, it's... It's not that he was black or that he was disabled. It's that he, wa- he was both. Now, you know what happened. Everyone knows what happened. But what I'm, and so, and so I want to cover a very quick conversation about this. It's the reform conversation. It's okay. the education. It's the rehabilitation conversation. Oh, Mitchell Miller was 14 when this happened. So, oh, can we, are we expecting that he can, he can improve? Are we expecting, are we going to try and ruin his life or something he did when he was that young? The things that he did to this kid. That's, you're fucked in the head. There is something deep. You're there's a something, villain. There's something broken inside you. There is, there's a, I've been bullied before and I'm sure in certain instances I've, I've bullied. I think everyone has done that. I, the worst, I was actually talking about this with one of my friends who, was suspended with me. We got suspended in grade eight, so we were 13, mm-hmm. because we threw a worm and it accidentally hit someone. Like, that's, you know what? That's stupidity. Mm-hmm. This is that's evil. stupidity. This is sinister. They, this is evil. This is right from wrong. This is also like, it's, 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 it goes so much deeper than even the act. Like it's yes, they and they the fact co- that his mom came out and said it continued afterwards. Yes, I'm can, like, okay, so you didn't learn. No, you no. The judge in the case said, "I don't, I don't think you're sorry. I think that, like, I think that this is something that you. I think you're upset because this is an inconvenience to you because it's interrupting your life as well. It can yes, it continued. the The one kid apologized. He never did, and also, so it's not like the act itself is 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 horrible. It's they inexcusable. They, they they took a lollipop, they rung it around a used urinal, and they gave it to. How does that a, even enter your head? To and move? they gave it no. Yes, exactly. But it's but 
the reason why they were in a position, he was in a position to have that lollipop is because Mitchell Miller pretended to be friends with this kid. Which is even worse. Because he coerced him into thinking that he was someone in a world that, was pro- that is probably so mean to him. In a world that has probably looked down on him his entire life. That has seemed really scary his entire life. Because A, he's had to deal with, you know, being a racial minority. And all the horror that comes with that in, in, in our modern times. Yeah. And also, with his perception of the world as someone with, with autism. As someone with, the mental, with, with mental disabilities. Like, it's, it, the world looks different. And it's probably pretty scary. And here, here you go. In, in the cutthroat, ruthless world of, of middle school, you have someone who... who, who Presents themselves to you as a friend, as a safe space. Right. And someone you think you can lean you can, on. You can trust. And you, I guarantee you, the day that Mitchell Miller started being nice in quotation marks to the victim here, the victim ran home and was so happy and told his mom. I'm getting emotionally even t- talking about it. Like it's, because it's, it's just. Okay, so he did what he did. A lot's been said about that. The fact that Arizona, A, okay, listen, if you didn't do your research, you fucking suck at your job mm-hmm. because it's your job to know. I had. No, they knew. They knew. I had it. Yeah, but the extent. So I had an amateur scouting director text me and say, even if he didn't know the whole story, it is your responsibility to at least do your due diligence. And if you type this kid's name into Google. It's the first thing that comes up. It's the first thing that comes up. And guess what? You should have been asking questions. Right? Because immediately, if he wasn't immediately on your do not draft list, which he should have been, then you need to at least ask more questions. And they didn't do it. And then what made it worse is obviously it came out. The mother came out, and rightfully so. Good for her. That was a powerful statement. statement. Good for her. Joni, I think, is her name. And the fact Fuck that yeah, Arizona and we cannot forget North Dakota because of fucking course North Dakota come out and go, oh, we're going to rehabilitate him? No. No, no, no. You rehabilitate someone who does not do this. You, re- you don't rehabilitate this. This you, is a hate crime. You rehabilitate someone who shows some sort of remorse, who wants to be rehabilitated, who wants to become better. Like it's it, Yeah, who has already shown tangible steps, who this, has shown the remorse. This guy hasn't even apologized. And his family doesn't care. Have you seen what his sister is? Oh, my God, his like sister, too. Like, his sister was, like, retweeting stuff where, where you know, I stand with Mitchell and showing posting screenshots of this that are like no actually it was him who did the bullying to Mitchell like just say you're racist just and shut the fuck up be gone no just like just shut up you are wrong you are, like <laughs> your your brother got caught and here's the thing look do you know how hard it is to be convicted of this at the age of 14 like i just want to point that mm-hmm. out like it is hard to rise to this level of conviction at the age of 14. Being, it usually isn't done. Being able to make money. Especially as a white kid. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you have any idea how, how hard it is to get convicted as a white person in anything? Like it's In the United States? In the United it's States. It's very difficult. He's also in Toledo. Like, this is... <laughs> like, come on. But... It's not the most democratic state. You... The ability to make a living and a, you know, a 1% type of living off playing yeah, professional is hockey. Like hockey is a right, not a privilege. No. That is a privilege <laughs> and a privilege is only granted to, you know, the 1% of the 1% of that the 1% earns. that earns that privilege. And from the moment that that kid did played, played a game of mental deception and mental abuse and torture on this kid. You lost the privilege. You lost it. You lost it outright. And thank you to the KHL for again 
rescuing this kid's hockey career because of course they this did. Is, I knew it. Did I not text you? Watch, oh, he's gonna no. go to the KHL. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised that it wasn't the team that Bill Peters is coaching. Like, Honestly, I don't think he's signed. I think that there's, it's just a rumor now. Like, I well, was, no, he there's interest from multiple teams. Insane. Well, the KHL doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, like let's not pretend that they're the most up and up league. No, they, they employ Bill Peters. Like they also like Bill Peters was are the, run by the Kremlin. Yes, also, <laughs> but like Bill Peters was like the, you know, the the, I guess sort of what's it called, jumping point of this entire reform of hockey's culture. And then he's just the, right in the KHL, he's, he's the he's the face of the movement. He's the face of everything that hockey is trying to turn away from as quick as possible to save their own asses, and they are employing him. It is not a surprise that they're going to go with Mitchell Miller, but by God, how, how they're given, how this kid... Like, you don't... It was, there was a great point that was brought up on the Steve Dangle podcast. Okay. They talked about this. Where, how, like, what would happen if, you, if, if your parents found out you did something like this? So I used to be on the national gymnastics team. Yeah. I was 14, ironically, mm-hmm. at the time. Um, my parents threatened to pull me out of gymnastics when I got less than 90 on a test. Yeah. I, I, I happened to have this conversation with my parents when this happened. And I was like, hey, like, what are your thoughts on this? Not that this would never even enter my brain because I'm just. Well, yeah, you're, you're not but a I, fucking I, psychopath. My mom flat out said to me, she goes, if you even bullied someone, never mind a hate crime, you would never be doing anything. You wouldn't have extracurricular activities. You'd be sitting in a room reading a book. There would be no television. There'd be no video games. There would be no chocolate. There'd be no dessert. There'd be none of that. You sit in your room. You go to anger management classes. You go to therapy. That's your extracurricular activity. By the way, I'm taking a baseball bat to your fucking yeah. head. So That's I, what my mom said. Yeah, I had this exact same conversation with my dad because we watch football together every Sunday. And he essentially was like, look, we didn't have... like." Even though we wouldn't have had the money for it growing up, we would have sent you to military school. Oh, he's like, he's like, no, we yikes. wouldn't. Like he would, like he. And he, I was like, oh, that's funny. He's like, no, like I'm not kidding. Like if, if you, you're going if, to boarding school, if you had found no, not boarding school, like military school. Yeah, like <laughs> like a school where it like their sole goal is to like crush you into you know nothing into nothing into someone who doesn't. And who, guess what? You deserve it. Yes, like he's like that would have been so bad that we wouldn't like we would have instantly on the spot been like, we are not able to re- rehabilitate the evil that's inside this, inside our child. We need the, we need to bring in the military for this. <laughs> well, my other thing was like, okay, so Arizona comes out with this statement. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. It, North Dakota, the same are we, thing. Are we seeing a through line here of terrible statements by Arizona? And like, it takes... Public pressure, and I will give... We always like to dump on the hockey media for not going in on these issues. For the first time, I actually saw prominent members of Mm -hmm. the media being like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. And it was only then that the Arizona Coyotes were like, okay, we're going to renounce the pick. It took the hockey media and a bunch of fans and... Just huge sweeping issues. They would have gone away with this. 100% they would have gone away with it. They tried to get away with it. The fact that they picked him, they tried to sweep it under and the rug. And they would have gotten away with it had the mother not come out the way she did. And she deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. For she, what she said. And that probably digging up those memories to come out with was that probably was probably awful. Probably traumatic. 
It, I, I don't think probably. Like, it was definitely traumatic for her. Like, I hate the Arizona Coyotes right now. This is also, like, this is, this is by far the worst thing they've ever done. This is by far the worst thing one of a, uh, any professional sports team has ever done. But, like, this is also a team that is so financially bereft that they were once owned by the NHL. And even if, like, I was looking through a lot of their, like, low-key chicken shit moves they made. There's a lot of them. Do you remember that they traded John Scott while his wife was pregnant with twins because he was voted to the All-Star game? Oh, my God. For no reason? Yeah. Like, and then he went anyways and got MVP. And was literally carried off the ice by his teammates. Because everyone loved it. Because they loved, loved it. him so much. And it, and it, gave, the NH, and it gave the NHL All-Star game more p- good PR than, ha- than it has ever gotten, ever. More interest. More interest. That was more the in- only year I remotely gave yeah. one single crap about the All-Star game. And so game. This, is a, this is a team that has, ever since its f- initial inception, not only, not only being given every second second, third, fourth, fifth, quintuplet, whatever chance. They should have, any other team in any other market fucks up this much. They're like, all right, we're cutting our losses. Atlanta did this. We're cutting our losses. We're moving you to Winnipeg. We're cutting our losses. We're moving you to Quebec City. But they, but Gary Bettman was like, no, I believe in this team. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to partially own you for a bit. We're going to help you. you. We're going to help you. We're going to hold your hand through all of this while you fuck up time after time after time where you don't where you don't play in the city that you know where, where, where you don't play in the city that your team is named after so then we change it like it, after time after time after time bankruptcy a million different ceos a million different presidents turnover you know tr- trading you know be, tra- bonuses being paid late this that the other and after all this, they spit in Batman's face by 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 completely and blatantly breaking these rules. It's incredible. And then it's genuinely incredible. And then the with, disrespect. And then with their first pick, Ugh, which can't. comes in the fourth round in the deepest draft in recent memory, they pick a kid who has who they pick the one kid who's committed what might like a crime that's nearly unspeakable. Yeah. And then try to get away with it, come up with a pompous statement, get shamed by the entire sporting world. Like everyone, there were people in the NFL commenting exactly. about this. Then they, then they renounce the rights. So it's not even like they traded the rights. It's not even they got value for it. If we're going to even They're like, oh, venture sorry. into it. They've said, no, you know what? That's an admission of guilt as well. They renounced it. So yeah. they knew they messed up. And they only, this is, that was the definition of you're sorry because you got caught. You're not sorry because you did it. Yeah, 100%. So the rights. So now they're, they're top picking the deepest draft in recent memory in a team that's capped out, in a team that just lost marquee free agents in a flat cap league that, is, that couldn't spend money in any way, shape, or form, who is probably going to need a, a, you know, a superstar or, or a very promising young player on an ELC. Their top pick in that draft is in the fifth round. Yeah, not great. Fuck you. I, I, I don't even have the words to describe just how despicable. I can't remember a run of just absolutely horrendous decisions like this in the National Hockey League. Oh my God. In a long time. And like, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's think ever, it's ever been done. I don't, I, I don't okay. even know if this has ever happened in sports. Like, okay, we really... know that there's like issues in the NFL. Yes, with, yes, yes, so, yes, yes. And, and in basketball. Um, but like, there's like there are issues in sports, but I'm talking like was, the run of incompetence is at least in hockey is unmatched. At least the Astros just cheated. 
They just can, honestly, they, yeah, it just can, just cheated. It just can it, it was, but like their their exploits were like confined to the field, and then yes, like they 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 were responsible for some players like losing their jobs because they were led up by. Okay, in, 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 nobody committed a hate crime. Nobody committed a hate crime. Like no, I I am so I was gonna make the I was gonna make the the sort of like. Uh, uh, simile here of like i i'm gonna watch the coyotes with a you know astros level amount of disdain but no it goes so much f- i hope they lose every single game i hope they get embarrassed i hope that i hope their entire season next year is filled with as much embarrassment as when tony d'angelo got walked by sebastian ajo i hope that's their entire year and with that and with that did they get better fuck no will they ever get better fuck no well could they get worse i don't think there's nobody to go but up uh, you can't get worse. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into uh, the Kovalev shift here. Kovalev was a great shot. Scores! Alex Kovalev! Score! It's Kovalev! Kovalev scores! Oh, baby! If we didn't already have that entire episode, was I a have Kovalev some shift. So Rachel's got some got some rants. We're all, we're we're close to an hour forty, so let's try and make it relatively quick, but also have some fun. All right, let's do it. So two things. The first thing is more fun than start with the, start with the bad one and then end with the fun one. Okay. I'm just gonna start this by saying that Twitter has been exceptionally toxic. Yesterday it was straight up radioactive. <laughs> oh my god! But so here's the deal. You're allowed to have an opinion on, on Twitter. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Right. You're not allowed to have an opinion on human rights. You either, it, like, that's, we're not having that They're discussion. Not, human rights are not up for debate. They're not up They're for debate. right. But if someone says, screw this hockey player, because they went on a podcast that is owned by a conglomerate that we will not mention on this podcast, because they are known for being misogynistic and racist Inciting and homophobic. And yeah, like... You know what? I'm just going to say it. This particular company, when I was getting harassed in New Jersey, a lot of it was in the name of this particular company. Yeah. I don't need to say it, but a lot you of You know who we were talking you about. You exactly know who we're talking about. And they would say things literally that would match with what this particular company says. So I knew it was coming from that. I was like, well, this person does it on this podcast, so I can do it. No, you fucking can't. Anyways, Twitter. If someone disagrees, it's not a... How is it that every time someone picks on this particular podcast or this particular company, just a trove of psychopaths come to the point where... Notice me, daddy. Notice me. Okay, so I'm just going to say this. Whether you agree or disagree with someone on Twitter, we need to have some rules, okay? It's not okay to tell people to kill themselves. It's not okay to tell people to hang themselves. Like, you can say, I disagree, you're an idiot, whatever. I don't care. And the beef stays on the app. Right. You can't tell someone things that are detrimental to their mental health. There's a line. You can't attack their family. Twitter itself is detrimental to to your mental health. Okay, and then here's the kicker. And I will, don't even test me because Mikey's looking at me and he's like, she's going to do this. If you ever call me and somehow get my number and call me at my place of work to harass me mm-hmm. about a tweet, I will record it. I will expose you. And guess what? I'm probably posting your fucking number too. Do it. Because you deserve it. What kind of psychopath disagrees with someone on Twitter 
goes and finds their place of work, calls them at their place of work to harass them. Keep it on Twitter. You can disagree with someone, but there's a line. Mm-hmm. Be don't like be cordial. Don't be a psychopath. It's okay to call someone an idiot. That's fine. It happens all the time. Like I said, not okay to tell someone to kill themselves. Not okay to make racist, sexist, homophobic comments. Not okay to do any of that. And I don't care if you are a fan of a company that promotes this stuff or that condones it, it's not okay to Think do for it. for yourself. Yeah, like, use your brain. All it does is tell me how unintelligent you are. Yeah, you're, you're a lemming. Like, someone threatened to show up at my house. That's psychotic, right? Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You're nuts. Get a grip. Find something to do. Because I guarantee you, the consequences are going to outweigh whatever enjoyment you get out yeah. of the five seconds you harass people for. Because you're going to screw with someone that either is a lawyer or knows a high-profile lawyer, and they will wreck your life. And on that note... We're going to talk about fun things. So <laughs> here's, here's my suggestion, because we're already at an hour 45. Should we save the story that you have here until next week? No, because okay. it has to do with Remembrance Day. All right. Okay, so in Canada we have Remembrance Day, which I believe is Veterans Day in the U.S. Yes. We wear poppies November, here. November 11th. We wear poppies here. Um, I personally think you should wear a poppy. Yes. I'm not going to get into any other... I don't want to get yelled at on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a firm believer that you don't put up Christmas decorations before Remembrance Day. I think that there's literally yeah. 11 days. Yeah. Like, just whatever, right? You can so, listen to music, but like... That's fine. Whatever. But, yeah, I Respect think, Remembrance Day yeah. is what I'm saying, right? Yes. I wear a poppy, like... Yeah. You don't need to have... 87 different types of Christmas decorations up right away. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I was in walking by White Barn the other day, which mm. is a like candle store, whatever. It's in the mall. And I was picking up candles for my mom mm-hmm. and for myself. Candles are great. Candles are great. Big candle guy over there. I was walking into the White Barn and... I mean, we're just going to call it what it is. There, was the, there were these two like 30-year-old white women. Like Karen's? Listen, my mom's name is Karen, okay? So well, I would say they're younger. So it's probably like a Maddie and... Cynthia. Something like that. And they're screaming at the top of their lungs over a candle. And let's keep in mind, it was November 1st when this happened. And White Barn had just put out their like full display of Christmas candles. So there was more than enough candles to go around. So they're yelling about this one particular candle. And I look at it, it's the winter candle. I don't know if that means anything to anyone, but there were, I like did a ballpark math thing. There were probably 180 to 200 winter candles within reaching distance of these two women. And they're yelling about this one particular candle. Why one of them couldn't just grab another winter candle and be on their merry way. I don't know, but nothing says Christmas spirit. And I'm not a brat, like arguing over a candle on November 1st <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I just had to laugh. I'm like, you got to be joking. There's there's nothing. I don't think there's anything I would fight over like that, like to buy. Like, I'm thinking, like, would I do that if the last PS5 or something was? No, like, I don't think it's like people trampling people on Black Friday. Like, please get a grip. No, but I don't think there's anything, no matter what the price is, that I would trample another human being for. Like I, don't no. think, like, I don't think there's any product. There's no tangible product that I would do that for. Like, 
there's no consumer there product. I'm, I'm thinking it right for. now. Like even like if you look at like Black Friday, like even if someone's selling like you know a 70 inch TV for like 300 bucks, like no, I don't, I'm I not doing it. I wouldn't. It's a great deal. I wouldn't trample a human being for it. Like you got to think about what's worth it. You're yelling over what was a fifteen dollar candle. The, get just just come back tomorrow. They're gonna be grit. there. Like it doesn't make yeah. But and with that, crazy. and on that note, thank you for listening. Um, our podcast is on literally anywhere you can find podcasts. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. I, you know, I'm assuming like iHeartRadio podcast. Maybe I don't know. We'll uh, Podbean. We back next week with another division breakdown. This one probably won't be as spicy because there'll be ye- less yelling. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll still get into it. So yeah, I I'm Mike Stevens. Rachel Dory's right across from me. Do you have any last words to say? Don't harass people on Twitter. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Peace. <laughs>